Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. After considering the value of being blessed in the, in the poor, the poor in spirit, we move on now to the second beatitude, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. To be comforted is, uh, is a very uh, consoling and long-standing uh, invitation or promise, really, more than anything in the Bible. There's even a whole book in uh, Isaiah that is called uh, the Book of Consolation. It's about the promise of comfort and consolation to the people of Israel who had been exiled. But of course the Lord says, blessed are those who mourn, but they will be comforted. The promise of comfort. But not before we mourn. And this is important that we understand what mourning really is. What does the Lord want us to understand by this? The Beatitudes have to be for us a, a source of inspiration and strength through thick and thin through mourning, through good times, through bad times. Because he who proclaimed this beatitude is now risen and alive. He suffered, he mourned. In fact, the apostles and the disciples mourned his loss. But how happy and how comforted they were when they saw that he had overcome death and stood there in front of him. So these are not just dead little words that we put in rancid seeds, in rancid oil to, to protect. They are living words that have to nourish us when we mourn. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh, says St. Luke. Woe to you that laugh now, you shall mourn and weep. See that turning turning around. Blessed are you that weep now, you shall laugh. Woe to you that laugh now. Who are these people that, are, that our Lord is referring to in Luke now? These people who, who laugh and fall under the Master's curse. Shouldn't we laugh? I mean, isn't it a good thing to laugh and to enjoy life and, uh, and so forth? Uh, Woe to you that laugh now. What are you saying to us, Lord? Well, probably the most galling word in this uh, that would have affected the crowd is the adverb now. Those who laugh now. Because the people of Israel had a lot of invasions. They had been attacked by the Babylonians, by the Greeks, by the Romans. And uh, they had been decimated, plundered, right? 
And, and yet, despite all that, there were those who lived in luxury and, and scandalous living, feasting, and uh, they were kind of uh, oblivious to the misfortunes of many of the people of Israel. So they had no sense of solidarity, uh, some of these people, for, for those who were really poor. And uh, it has this sense, referring to those people, you know, woe to you who laugh now and are kind of disassociated with those who are suffering, who have no empathy for them. Now, it's not that the Lord doesn't want us happy and rejoicing. He wants us happy. He wants even us to have the, the good things of life, I would say. A good feast, a good party. The, uh, yesterday we celebrated the 14th of February, the foundation of the Women's Branch. I'm sure you guys had a amazing feast. I'm sure you were laughing. I'm sure you were laughing. And... Uh, but would our Lord be saying to you, Woe to you! You were laughing on February 14th, feasts of the Women's Branch, the Foundation of the Women's Branch and the Priest Society. Well, of course, we know to have joy and laughter is, is a normal moral health. And even it can be an act of, uh, of, uh, of charity to help others overcome the blues or the sadnesses of life. I mean, I would say a nurse's smile is beyond the price of a wor- for, a worried, uh, for a worried patient who, who has COVID. And just to see a smiling, gentle nurse is worth better you know, than any other medicine that you can give them practically. So what is this bad laughter that our Lord warns again, that says woe to, that he's condemning. Well, it's a kind of laughter that rings false. It's this blustering laugh of people who give the illusion of enjoying themselves, the kind of nonsense foolishness at the expense of others, maybe uh, people who would maybe lack tact or or, or taste, uh, that goes against the dignity of man. I'm not sure exactly what this laughter is, but there's something about it that is, that is uh, foolhardy, that is oblivious to the concerns of others, that is superficial. Um, like those who ridicule the, the dignity of others, wounding them with maybe irony or, or sarcasm or jeers or s- sarcasm. Think of the last time you used sarcasm as coming from a, like a hard heart or just a tasteless joke that hurt others. It's as though he, the Lord doesn't, doesn't seem to tolerate the pain that is inflicted, that is bullied on those who are just you know, victims of, uh, of these kind of... Um, spiteful words. In fact, the very first words of the psalm, the psalms, all the psalms, psalm number one, verse one, is, blessed is the man who has not sat in the seat of scorners. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or, or take or sit in the company of Mockers, those who mock. Uh, 
those who mock, those are scoffers, deriders, jeers, belittlers. Those who scoff and mock the sacred, make light of it. You know, just by just by a you know a bad word, uh, you, know, you can crush the generous enthusiasm of a young person who wants to give himself. To God and and uh, and turn them away, but it's not just laughter. It's something else there that our Lord is talking about. Woe to you! Laugh now, you will weep. He's he's maybe maybe he's talking about all those who have the, you know they see some kind of uh, that are you know that are choked by riches and pleasures of this life. Like the the passage of the sower, where he goes, you know, some of the seed falls into the among the thorns, and the, and, and the you know the plant came up and was choked. It represents those who are choked and uh, uh, by the riches and pleasures of life. You know, they don't see beyond into the supernatural because they just see everything through human eyes and pleasures and so forth. They seek satisfaction in eating and drinking, and. Uh, they seem to be insensitive to the needs and cares of others. That could happen. I mean, that, you know, maybe the Lord is referring to those kinds of people. I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very distasteful to come in contact with somebody who has no empathy at all, no care for the needs and sufferings of others. And they're just ready to laugh them off. And... Um, Luke tells us really something quite revolutionary about pleasure and pain, and we understand that the pleasure and pain are are inseparable in this life. They follow uh, one another as regularly as waves uh, in the sea crest and recede behind behind the swimmer. They're they're just a normal part of life. They're like co-joined uh, twins. Blessed are those who mourn or weep. They will laugh. So, God shows us his presence to those who mourn, not to those who have success. What do you mean by this when you say mourn? Well, uh, there are many ways in which we can mourn. We think of it about mourning, you know, losing somebody and so forth, somebody dying and but it could also be something that changes us. If we lose a job, we have a good job and we lose it. We could lose a friend that, that brushes us off or happens we move to another city and it takes a long time to get used to and we don't know when people... It happens to parents who, who see their children leave the house to go to studies and you know their little babies go away, you know. You could lose a job, you could, a failure, a failure of some kind. That's a form of mourning. But what the Lord is saying, he says, you know, I mean, we live in a world that is broken. We live in a world that is marked by sorrow and grief. And inevitably it's going to affect us in one way or another. And we cannot inoculate ourselves or protect ourselves completely from it. And the key, it seems to me, that our Lord is saying, blessed are those who mourn, 
they shall be comforted. It says we have to be present to our own grief and become more patient with it. Grief, pain, hard things. But we also have to be present to others who suffer grief. Because everybody's journey in this life will eventually find its way there, to that grief. None of, none of you watching now, none of you listening now, will be completely inoculated to this. Now, obviously many of us have experienced the COVID pandemic in different ways. Some people have lost loved ones, of course. Uh, others, just we've lost just a sense of normality you know, of just being with friends and going out to, to restaurants and, you know, just inviting people home over. Now, to the fact that we've, we're using this camera, you know, normally we would just have normal human beings here with us, you know. And um, we ask the Lord to bring us back to normal. But, but somewhere there, accepting the COVID pandemic, accepting the hardship that it comes with it, has to somehow lead us to grow. And we must extend ourselves to that promise of comfort, of hope. It can be hard stuff that the Lord may want us to suffer. Right now we're suffering through COVID. And maybe there'll be other joys, or rather sufferings, that, that will mingle into our life like scars on, on the body of Bakita. You know, that we saw last week. So we do experience sorrow, but as a result of our presence to this sorrow, this mourning, we can say, you know, as the angel said, I will, I will bring you glad tidings. The Lord will bring us glad tidings. We have to hang in there. We have to be men and women of hope. And I would say the best thing right now we can do is, is our presence. Present to the sorrows that we experience and present to the sorrows that we see others experience. You know, in the, the, there's a Jewish uh, ritual called the Shiva. The Shiva in, uh, in uh, the morning ritual when somebody's died, the family goes to be with that cup, that, that family, and Shiva means seven, basically. It means that for seven days they are present to them, they console them, they're with them for seven days. And uh, it's just presence. They don't say any brilliant or beautiful or smart things. They're just present. What way have I been pleasant, present rather, in those right, that, um, that are suffering in some way? Augustine said, teach me to know myself so that I may know you. And if we avoid going deeper into our own vulnerabilities, well, and even our own suffering, somehow we will not really know you, Lord. And so, let's give ourselves over to the Father who promises us uh, this comfort and, and trust in his providence when hard things come about. He will draw good things out of this. You know, some, some religious people use a strange vocabulary, kind of an abusive language, when circumstances favor their plans, 
They say quite sincerely, saying the good things happen, they say, oh, that was a good thing that happened. That was God's providence. I was blessed. God's providence. But they don't say this when, you know, things happen that go against their desires, that go, that, that thwart their desires. They don't say that was God's providence. That was just bad luck. <laughs> Yet everything works out for the good of those who love Him. So let's ask, uh, let's ask and, and ask the Lord that, to open our hearts to how we must be present to pain, to sorrow, to mourning. Because people need us with our presence. They need our comfort. They need our presence. Who are those that need your presence now? Who are those who need your presence? And these are serious questions we have to ask. The Lord did not say, Blessed are those who succeed. Blessed are those, they, they shall be adulated by all. He did not say, Blessed are those who never suffer setbacks. And they will be sheltered and unaffected. He did not say, blessed are the powerful, they will influence anybody. Lord certainly didn't say, blessed are the impure, because they will have all their sensual desires satisfied to the max. Blessed are those who mourn. Well, part of that mourning is also our sorrow for our sin, but each one of us can discover that and see how the mourning of our own sin and the mourning in the sense of being close to the sadness of others can help us to lead them to comfort and increase in us a store of hope. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you all to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Thank you.